Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! A-a-a-a-m. Clearing out that post-jubilee <laughs> exhaustion <laughs> from our voices. No one wants to hear that. We're back with another episode of Royally Obsessed post Platinum Jubilee celebrations and the royals are still trucking on. There's still I know, we're basically more... living, breathing, sleeping, eating royals. <laughs> eating doesn't <laughs> sound right, but yeah. <laughs> Not eating. Uh, so Rachel, oh, I mean, you're Rachel, I'm Roberta, and please email us about how you celebrated, info at gallerypodcast.com. You can also follow our own celebrations. We had our first ever podcast event on Sunday in New York City. That is on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Well, of course, more about the Platinum Jubilee, the Platy Jubes, all the fun nicknames for that event. Um, we are recapping some of the stuff we didn't get to in our bonus episode, which everyone needs to tune into stat if you haven't already, that we recorded on Monday in person. Roberta. First ever in-person recording. I don't think I processed in the moment because we were so tired from the weekend how truly wonderful that was. Just to so wonderful. sit across from each other and not have to really kind of one-man band a little bit, like from home, all these engineering aspects that our producer obviously coaches us on, but it was so nice to be in person. It really was. And I love seeing you over Zoom and your bedroom behind you with all your hobbies, Peloton, guitars, but it was so nice to talk to you from just across the table and pour champagne together. That was really fun. Yes, absolutely. But so we're talking, we're reminiscing more about the Jubilee. We have Victoria Murphy joining us. She is a royal reporter often works with Good Morning America, Town and Country, and she's the author of The Queen, A Life in Pictures, which is a wonderful, beautiful coffee table book all about Her Majesty. We also are discussing those Lilibet Diana photos that was a total surprise. Thank you, Harry and Meghan, on Monday. (laughs) Um, A lot of other things. Lin-Manuel Miranda makes a cameo in this episode. Just talking about him, he is not actually here, but there's a lot to discuss. (laughs) It did sound like you. Yeah, the way I said that, right? To say, really, guys, tune in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but first, we are sipping something to you know, kind of recover from the weekend, the big, big weekend. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. So I'm sipping some Bridgerton themed tea. Is that lovely tea canister we got sent that has Anthony and Kate on the? canister and it's delicious and I'm wishing I had a marmalade sandwich (laughs) just like from the Paddington Bear skit that the queen pulls out of her purse. Rachel, what do you have to drink? Water. I'm just drinking water. (laughs) I I said that so bluntly. Um, But water is delicious and I am just recovering (laughs) but I have this app called Waterminder that I'm telling everyone about and it reminds you constantly but in a gentle way throughout the day that you are not hitting your quantities. And so I neglected it all weekend and I'm back on it. So hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Okay. Okay. I need that. I also have an intermittent fasting app, but it's like, hasn't been opened yeah. in like six months. So <laughs> I know, but Roberta, in general, how are you? Like, I feel like you were on vacation leading into the Jubilee weekend. Like, I also feel like I haven't even had time to watch any TV lately because we've just been head down planning our event. There's been so much. How are you doing? Kind of an ill-timed vacation, but it was planned so long in advance and I just didn't realize that these two things would line up, but it was also my brother's birthday. Um, And so it was just, it was kind of wonderful though, to be 
off work and being able to tune in to the royal festivities just as like a fan and watching like yeah. the Today Show and Good Morning America's coverage of all the Platinum Jubilee stuff. So it was really fun. How are and you? you came, I'm good. And you came back and we threw a big party and that was really fabulous. We threw fabulous. a big party and it was like a welcome back party. Yeah, welcome back, we, Roberta. How was your vacation? This brunch is in your honor. <laughs> the reason we're drinking a lot of water is we had too many gin fizz cocktails with her majesty's face on no it was great though it was such a delightful time to spend i mean face-to-face time with our listeners and our audience that was so so fun just fantastic and so royally obsessed yeah i think one of my favorite moments was when we were all around the table and you know everyone does that periodic instagram check you know and we all were clearly getting the same content like to me everyone at the to know that everyone at the table all is getting just nonstop royals in their Instagram feeds. I felt with such like-minded individuals and it was really fantastic. But we also did want to mention a number of brands that were kind and generous enough to help with goodie bags and all of those things. Of course, Queen's Yard, our lovely host of the event, um, everyone should check it out in Hudson Yards, Rothy's, Charlotte Tilbury, Elemis. Sally Hughes gave our Rainbow Queen copies to everyone at the table. We also had Royal Trivia, our fantastic (laughs) book. Thank you to Ulysses Press for giving us that. Did I miss anyone, Roberta? I think that's everyone. I mean, just thank you to everyone who joined us and to our producer, Alfred, and Steve, our content uh, capture. Those were, it was so nice to have someone on site taking pictures and videos. So it was just a lovely time. We hope to do more of that kind of thing in the future. Yeah, send us your ideas. Any of them, we're welcome. We're open to all. Um, okay, I'm going to move on to our letter. We got a wonderful recap note about the Jubilee from Sonia. We paraphrased it a bit. She says, ladies, of all the attendees at the church service, only William and Harry are both looking up at something at the same time. At what? Had to go back to this photo, Roberta. Did you take a peek? I checked it out and I kind of had chills looking at it because there really are no photos of the brothers together from the entire four-day weekend, which is interesting. They are both looking up at something in the ceiling of St. Paul's at the exact same time. And I got chills because I kept thinking like of of Diana and Angel, Diana talking, yeah. speaking to both of them through the, you know, the beautiful presence of St. Paul's where she was married to Charles so, you know, so many years ago. So I did a I quick thought, Google of the ceiling at St. Paul's and it is lovely. So they, they were synchronized and looking something up. Something is like a higher power is like speaking to them down. Yes. You know, they're both just looking. It's a really incredible photo and I'm so glad Sonia pointed yes. it out. What else did she She say? also mentioned little August in his adorable Union Jack sweater. We did not talk about August in our bonus episode and we ended it and we were like, oh my gosh, what a highlight. We missed it. He is adorable. And Sonia agrees. Sonia agrees. Such a cutie. We'll get into that. Princess Eugenie has a behind the ear tattoo. No Andrew woohoo. This is Sonia's commentary. Uh, She said, I hope you had a super fun row row brunch and cannot wait for your next episode. Sonia, we love hearing from you and she's so right. We're going to talk about all of that. But first, before we get into all that, this week in royal history... Now, this week in royal history. So Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, would have turned 101 this coming Friday, June 10th. He was born June 10th, 1921 at Villa Monrepos in Corfu, Greece. 
as we all know, this is kind of the long-running thing, is that he was reportedly transported to France in a fruit crate when he was 18 months old after the family was exiled. Reminder, he was of Greek and Danish royalty. He passed away last April at age 99, and he wasn't a big fan of birthdays. A little anecdote I love to remember is when he was at a garden party and it was on his actual birthday. He told his secretary to tell everyone not to wish him a happy birthday, not to mention it. And when someone, an attendee at the garden party, tried to give him a gift, he said, I'm not taking that. I don't want to lug it around all day. Wow. It's just like his sense of humor. Um, I also, I just thought about the past episodes we've done about covering, you know, his death, his funeral, kind of the moments leading up to that where he was in and out of the hospital and his last wishes to Charles came up. And I thought this was interesting to kind of reflect on. Uh, Robert Jobson, he's the royal author of The Extraordinary Life of the Duke of Edinburgh, wrote in the Mail on Sunday, with his life drawing to a close, a frail Duke of Edinburgh had just three important things to say when he asked to see his eldest son in hospital a few weeks ago. Rachel, side note, I don't know if you remember that photo of Charles coming out of the hospital. Looking very weepy. Yeah. So he said, in an emotional bedside conversation, the Duke advised Prince Charles on caring for the Queen when he was gone, on how Charles should lead the royal family through the years ahead, and fully aware he was unlikely to recover after weeks in the hospital, the 99-year-old expressed a wish to go home. A palace source revealed he wanted to die in his own bed behind the walls of Windsor Castle. I feel like this was ever more prevalent in just seeing the queen alone on the balcony for the first time for her first you know jubilee without philip she had that black pom-pom on her green hat for the last day on sunday for her balcony appearance which stood out very Mm -hmm. dramatically against the green backdrop and supposedly it was a tribute to prince philip and a sign of mourning Uh, there was also tributes to prince philip during the concert and footage played of him that was cast onto the buckingham palace walls and the royal windsor horse show which kind of kicked the events off it feels like a lifetime ago literally but lady louise his granddaughter was carriage driving in his custom-made carriage yeah, Rachel, I mean, I, thoughts on this? Well, I think I did really feel his absence. And I think speaking of the, you know, Charles, when we saw those photos a little over a year ago, I think there were a lot of emotional moments for Charles this weekend. I did want to play a clip when he thanked his mummy at the Platinum Party of the Palace. Um, he did actually mention his dad. Your strength and stay is much missed this evening, but I am sure he is here in spirit. My papa would have enjoyed the show and joined us wholeheartedly in celebrating all you continue to do for your country and your people. I actually really liked this speech from Charles. I thought it was, you know, a really nice moment for him, but it also has to be so awe-inspiring to stand up there and envision that inevitable shift that's coming. And, you know, he recently experienced the loss of a parent and he knows that he'll have the pressure to carry the torch once his mom, I can't even say it, passes. So I think, I, know, I think I you know, know, just the presence of Philip was felt. And I, I liked that moment in the mm-hmm. at the platinum party. Our 
two big stories, our Jubilee recap in full, and Lilibet. Yeah, so we wanted to touch on some of the highlights that we didn't get to in the bonus episode. Number one, as I said, August and Lucas, Tyndall was there, and Wolfie, we saw so many kids that we have not yet met. It was really, really awesome, Roberta. What did you think of that? It does feel like it's the era of the royal children is what we're in now because there's just so much focus on a slimmed down monarchy but also then you have this delightful kind of like horde of kids that are going to be growing up all together and so it's really fun to see them interact so the cousins interacting is one of the most playful parts of the whole weekend and they're very photogenic kids like I just I was just melting into a puddle on the floor seeing like <laughs> all of them and and I also I did want to mention Kate too I think we saw some really great footage and I didn't notice it in the moment but after the fact that it all comes up of her having sort of Aunt Kate moments interacting with mm-hmm. the Tyndall kids and like adjusting the headband and I liked those less staged moments that we kind of got a lot Very of candid, yeah. with the children this weekend Andrew and COVID we talk about this a little bit with Victoria coming up but I just felt like that announcement was convenient I really wanted to ask Victoria if it was all just made up so that he wouldn't be there, but I didn't. But I definitely have a question mark in my mind as to whether he really actually had COVID. Yeah, it poof solved the Andrew problem for sure. Other things, Roberta, uh, the hologram of the queen and the stagecoach. What did you think of that? That was very cool. And it was also, I looked into the stagecoach. It hasn't been seen in 20 years. So it's like 20 years in two decades, it hit the streets after two decades of being kind of in um, in storage. And it first transported the young queen from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey on her coronation day. And it's 260 years old, that carriage. Wow. Like, it's just incredible. It so, is so incredible. I thought it, it was also... I thought that was, people said it was creepy. I thought it was very A lot cool. of people were like, oh, that's so creepy. But I actually thought it was kind of inventive as a way to have mm-hmm. her. And it was the footage from her coronation. So it was a young queen. I thought that was a really nice... Mm-hmm. Uh, solution there. Charlotte, I just had to mention her. I know we just talked about the kids, but I really thought that, you know, there was so much attention on Louis. I thought Charlotte just reminded us how awesome she is. I still think she's my favorite royal kid. After You know, she just is so self-assured. I loved the moment when they made their Trooping the Color Parade debut and Louis was waving frantically and Charlotte just very coolly shut put her down. hand and shut it down. And it, those it's just like Blue Ivy telling her parents to calm down when everyone's when they're, you know, at, um, Beyonce and Jay-Z yes. are clapping and she stops them. Yeah, it's so it much chill. Me of like Blue, Blue Ivy energy for sure. I also, there were two things about Charlotte. One was that an overhead shot of the carriage on Thursday from Tribune the Color showed she rested her hand on Louis's hands, which was really sweet because you couldn't see that from the other pictures of yeah. all the kids in that carriage sitting across from Camilla and Kate. But she has just also, a real sense of herself. I think that that's yeah. so impressive at that age. And then I loved Fergie's throwback picture, Mm. the queen, which reminded everyone a lot of Charlotte. There are a lot of similarities in appearance there. So that was really interesting as well. Yeah. The balcony lineups too. That was of interest too, because the first one, uh, Trooping the Color, you had Kate and Louis side by side with the queen. And I wasn't sure if that was to keep the oldest and the youngest together on the, you know, mm. the people that were on the balcony. Because uh, then it, concluding the weekend, we had the heirs, the heirs altogether. all together. So yeah. that was kind of interesting to me. I also thought having Kate right next to the queen for the trooping moment really kind of demonstrates her power within the family because she yeah, does Yeah, such command. a show of support. Yeah. Too. Also, we got 
a listener email from Kathleen who had questions about why the queen was wearing green for that final balcony moment. We couldn't find anything about it online, the significance. So we reached out to Bethan Holt, who's the features and style director at The Telegraph, and and she said that she also can't really nail down an obvious reason for some reports that said it was a nod to Prince Philip's Edinburgh green, but she agrees that it's not the right shade to be that. So she said her comparisons were that it was similar to the bright green outfit that the queen wore on her 90th birthday and for a few big occasions since, like Harry and Meghan's wedding. So maybe it's becoming a signature shade for Her Majesty as she's in her 90s. But mostly, she added that it's a calm, positive, happy, and bright hue. And I thought that that was very, very, I thought that I liked that. I like that too. And it's a contrast to like, we see so much white, red, and blue over the weekend. And then to have a bright, bright green, it makes her stand out even more. So maybe- Can I say that- That's why- Bethan also said that even more important than the green for her was Prince Louis wearing Prince William's sailor suit. So that was one Cute. of her favorite fashion moments. Gosh, that's like feels so long ago now. I've completely forgot. I also wanted to call it two other fashion things. One is that I thought a lot about Megan's one outfit. We saw one outfit from her, which makes it all the more meaningful, I think. And it's a color called stone. And I just wonder like stone, like she is like, you know, tough and strong. And is she projecting that with that outfit? It also, I thought Elizabeth Holmes was astute in calling out, you know, it doesn't stand out too much from the background because they really wanted to keep the attention on the queen all weekend, it seemed like. So I liked that. And then Rachel, I sent you this tidbit about Camilla repurposing Charles's robe yes, as an outfit. Yes, that was so interesting. Fascinating. I loved that she wore this. It was for the concert. And so it got this big spotlight moment and And I want to pull up what exactly it's called. Just that Camilla is upcycling clothes, sustainability always. And I love that he, that was kind of a big theme of the concert night was sustainability and that she did that. It's a, let's see, a traditional dagla by a Saudi designer, which was gifted to Prince Charles decades ago. So I just thought that was really fascinating. And yeah, she looked lovely in it too. Yeah. All right. We said it. Lin-Manuel Miranda, we got to end with this. We had been so excited for his participation in the Platinum Party at the Palace. We want to play his (laughs) Hamilton-inspired intro to that amazing Broadway tribute with Andrew Lloyd Webber. You say that everyone here will be getting a bank holiday. You see It's not every year there's a platinum queen's jubilee Not so bad I mean, I'm from New York, so I don't really know what that means But it sounds rad It's been quite a journey from northern Manhattan to Queens I loved it. And then they kicked off Six, the musical which Roberta and I obviously saw together pre-pandemic. There were so many awesome performances, but felt like that was a great capstone on what we didn't get to on Monday. It's funny that the commentary about Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, you know, Hamilton is about us leaving. (laughs) Even the the song that they chose to perform, I was like, can't we get that wonderful little like segue about (laughs) the song from the show where the king is like, wait, why are you leaving? What? (laughs) Oh, that would be so good. (laughs) If Jonathan Groff showed up on stage, can you? He's my favorite part of the whole play. Anyways. All right, moving on. Oh, first, we just want to call out that Kate was back to work today, which like just incredible the amount of events that they attended and then to get back into it. It's just really impressive. We're (laughs) Rachel and I are both like 
a little this tired. Is a lot. But yeah. I also feel like that resonated with me because I was actually really happy to just like get back down Be to normal. work because yeah. I think that it's hard to have that total switch in routine and you just kind of want to do the job and that resonated with me. Also, we saw yeah. the Wessexes attempt to leave for Gibraltar, which is obviously a little bit of a controversial tour again, but then they had to make an emergency landing, which is scary. They had to turn around and go back. Yeah, there were mechanical problems with their plane. They're now, they found alternate arrangements they have landed. And then I know we do have the Garter Day celebrations coming up June 13th, with which Andrew is, I believe, still supposed to make an appearance. So who knows if he'll still have COVID, I hope. (laughs) And then, no, that's mean. And then, no, it's not. Um, And then we have William's birthday in about two weeks. The big four zero. Do you think there's going to be a joint Kate and William party? That's still the question on my mind because she didn't have one yet. So it kind of feels like after so many parties this weekend that like we need another party to kind of carry us through. Like it would be fun to see that. Special request. All right, quickly, just to mention, not mention, we definitely want to spend time on the Lilibet pictures, but there's not a lot. I mean, I do want to ask you, which is your favorite picture? There's the photograph of her on the grass and then the black and white. Which did you like better, Rachel? So this was just the most incredible burst of joy on Monday when these pics came through. She is darling. But the second photo, the black and white photo, is my favorite because I think, A, it gets mom in the picture. You see Mm -hmm. Megan. And I think it just is so very fresh faced Megan too. no makeup, very like low key. Yeah. I think for me, it just is so reflective of motherhood where you're like there put together. You're super full of joy. Like you can see on her face how happy she is, but you're also exhausted. You've got minimal makeup. I also feel like if you look really closely, it looks like there's a spot of face paint, which obviously the kids are wearing at that party on Megan's pants. And I feel like it just reminded me so much how you just like can't care when you're like a mom. It's like all about the kids and you just are like happy that you have clothes on and you're you've somehow gotten yourself together in the four minutes she probably had to get ready for that so I loved yeah. that photo a lot but Lily I mean squeezing in a one-year-old's birthday party in between everything they were probably doing is just like so impressive but I love that Misan Harriman who also took their pregnancy announcement pictures last year for Lilibet what a full circle moment he's also the first black man to shoot a Vogue cover and took Beatrice and Edo's engagement pictures. So his photos has are been there for a lot yeah. of royal moments. Um, he snapped the shots, and then the son gave the source gave the son an inside scoop on the party. There was face painting, like you said. This Claire Tack cake from Violet Cakes London party games, picnic snacks. I want to call out this cake though, especially because she posted another picture of a similar cake that people are speculating is the Lilibet cake, and I'm sending you the photo right now. Click this and read the caption. Oh, and the caption says, frilly. For Lily? Is oh, that what it's it means? absolutely that. For Lily, frilly. I love that. She's That's saying so frilly because there's a- f- I really love I know, that. That's I know. adorable. Isn't that fun? Go Claire. Um, also, Zara and Mike Tyndall were confirmed to be there. Their kids, Misan Harriman and his family- I think the reports are saying that the queen was not in attendance at the party. We heard at first that she would be at the party and a lot of speculation around that and royal watchers saying she was there, but I don't think the queen was actually there. Zara Tyndall later told reporters at the Derby horse race that Her Majesty was in comfy clothes and watching the racing, which would have been at the same time as this. Mm -hmm. Also, not the Cambridges because they were in Wales at the same time. Just the status of like, did Harry and William even lay eyes on each other? I think is like, it's yeah, just a, a that's big question the, mark. I think for big us. question mark from the weekend. One last question yeah. about Lily: Who do you think she more closely resembles? I've loved the conversation about who she looks like, but in terms of 
does she have Eugenie vibes, like baby Eugenie? so wild to me, Rachel, that the similarity, because we had just seen August's close-up on Sunday at the pageant, and I was blown away by how much they look alike, August and Lily. Like, I just think that that is... It's so similar. It's wild, Even, especially in the picture where she's not squinting into the sun mm-hmm. and her eyes are a little more open. I, I say August. What do you say? Yeah, I think that she looks a lot like August, but I also see so much baby Megan in her expression. Like, I think when you mm. compare the baby Megan photos, too, it's – and Harry. Like, it's a great combination. So Those I, Spencer jeans do not quit. One of yeah. the comments we got on Instagram was genetics are wild. They which are. they are. They because are. Spencer's side, like Earl Spencer especially, Diana's brother, is just, like, so prevalent in, in Lily, too. Yeah. our interview with Victoria Murphy. Roros, we're thrilled to welcome Victoria Murphy back to the pod. She's a town and country and GMA contributor and has reported on the royal family for over 10 years. She's also the author of The Queen, A Life in Pictures. Welcome back, Victoria. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Yeah, we just want to hear <laughs> how it was, how you're doing. That is a very good question. Um, I, like a lot of journalists who covered that story last week, I'm pretty tired. Um, but also, I think I feel really satisfied to have been able to cover that story, to do that job, to be there every day at all of the events. I feel very fortunate to have been able to see a lot of that with my own eyes because it really did feel like history, you know, it felt like witnessing a really special moment in history. And so it it was just amazing. I mean, where do I start? <laughs> I know, I know. I, we loved following on along on Instagram, just the, you know, the photos, it, it does feel like something when you look back as a reporter, it will be that I, like moment in time that you were a part of, and it will be one of those Really, really incredible things to have witnessed. Just looked like so much fun. You, you, and the royal reporters for ABC hanging out, watching the concert. It just looks like a blast. Yeah, I mean, ABC had uh, an amazing studio, which was right on the edge of the Mall, which looked across to Buckingham Palace, and they'd put so much work into creating this incredible space, and it had an amazing view, and there was such a great team. So it did feel really nice. It really felt like being part of a team. Um, I think for me, um, I'd seen, obviously, I live in London, and I'd been working I work a lot around Buckingham Palace and Green Park and go down there for interviews or um, meetings or whatever. And so I, I've i been in and out and I've seen this huge stage kind of be constructed very gradually over the course of a, a long period of time. And, you know, it got slightly frustrated at times when our access to get across from one side of Green Park to the other is completely blocked. And it's like this thing is getting in your way of your normal routine. But actually to then see the end result and to see what it was all for was amazing. I went to the Mall on Thursday morning, the first day of the celebrations, really, really early. And I'd set my alarm for like four o'clock. I was doing some UK breakfast stuff. And I got there, I think it was like half five. And honestly, it was like walking into the middle of the day because well, it was light, obviously, which helps this time of year, but it was just full of people. It was just as if it was 
the middle of any norm of any day it was packed and there was people who'd obviously stayed all night were camping other people who had just arrived like I had who got up super early to try and get a really good spot along the mall and I think for me that was the moment when I really sort of thought oh okay like the public is really into this I can see people here now because we hadn't quite seen that until that point and for the whole weekend the crowds were just amazing I mean I to be able to see them it was because I was often in an elevated position in the studio and to look down and see just how many people there were all the way down the mall it was amazing what were some of the best and most surprising moments of the weekend for you so I think for me I'd say the best moment probably well it's really difficult to choose there's so many but I felt the concert on Saturday night was very special I think the Paddington sketch with the Queen was totally unexpected. I I didn't see it coming. And to watch it on that screen and then see the audience reaction as well, no one knew it was going to happen. And they were just, they were so excited and just clearly thought it was really amazing and, and fun. And then the light shows, the drones. We'd known that there was going to be, the drones thing had been sort of rumoured, but to actually see those projections go up over the palace was so fun. And the fact that they'd chosen these really fun things like corgis and handbags and horses, and that just summed up the spirit of the event. It was a reminder that this is a fun celebratory event and that the Queen, even though she's this very serious figure, she embraces that side of things as well. And we really saw that with Paddington. So I loved that. But it would be very difficult to top the balcony moments with the royal family. The first balcony moment on the Thursday and the last balcony moment on the Sunday. Um, Because the Queen is so old now and she has been so frail in recent months and there's been a lot that she hasn't been able to do. So to see her on the balcony on those moments... It felt just extra special and it was really important to have that visual of her and her family, I think. And that I suppose that's the moment, those were the moments that I would say I really felt like I was witnessing history. Yeah, it almost takes your breath away to see her. And I can't imagine what it was like on the ground because us, me via my VPN tuning in at five mm-hmm. in the morning and Roberta too, it was like, you know, just we felt it. So I can't imagine what it was like to be in the thick of it all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you get the atmosphere when you're in the thick of it. I suppose I would say even from what I would say was an incredible position, they were very tiny, you know, in, <laughs> in person. Like, I, I still get the better views of what they actually looked like from the photographers and from the cameras, because that's when you actually see their facial expressions and the interactions, which was some of the nicest stuff across the weekend were all the interactions between the family on the balcony or in the Royal box. And you can't, you can't see that in person from, from where we were, where anyone in the public is. Could you see Prince Louis or that was not, you couldn't get that detail. We could (laughs) see like a little dots of people, but like, yeah, you need, like you need the big, the old Long zoom lenses. lenses that the photographers have to get to actually see any of that. What was your reaction to that, though? His cheekiness throughout the weekend was the highlight for us. Yeah, I think so. Like so many people picked up on the fun reactions of the kids and Louis in particular when he was seeing those fly pass on that first time he'd seen the fly pass and he was like, "Why? What's this?" 
And yeah, I think I think there were so many unexpected fun moments. Like we always knew that the Queen was going to be at the centre of this and that she was going to be the focal point. But there were unexpected things that happened with the family that were really delightful with the kids. We saw so much of the kids and so much interaction between the family and then other things as well, like Mike Tyndall and his yes. hosting Zara's hats. Like, who so knew? unexpected. <laughs> that was hilarious. The starburst analogy, that was so unexpected. He was brilliant. And it just kind of brought this extra element of fun. And I love that there, was, that there can be these unexpected things and that the royal family can have a bit of fun with the moment and with social media and be very informal. Because I think that's important that they are able to do that, to connect with people. It feels very modern, like they are kind of coming into the modern world with the Mike Tyndall commentary on Instagram about the whole weekend. So it was really fun. Was it expected that the Sussexes would be at more or what was kind of the chatter in the royal press circles about the, you know, the few, the one appearance, really the public appearance that they made? And then did, did you think there'd be more from them or no? So this is a really difficult one because we don't have the level of advanced information about their schedule that we would about the royal family because they're not working royals now. They're not sort of having operational notes issued about what they're doing. So we knew that the royals were going to travel around the UK and that they were going to go to street parties. And because that's work, that's their part of their role and that's announced or the information is given under embargo. But with the Sussexes, there's there isn't any requirement to do that anymore. There's no and so we didn't we don't get sort of like an itinerary for them, their family members. So we were all a little bit in the dark about exactly what they would be coming to. We had the information that their spokesperson had said they were looking forward to being there. We were able to sort of get bits of information as it went on. So I knew before the they appeared at Trooping that they were going to be expecting to watch that from the major general's office which is where the family members who aren't and the carriages would be and then we we expected to see them at the thanksgiving service and then I, I think we all sort of became aware that they weren't going to be at other events but it certainly wasn't wasn't like we knew weeks ago at all what their schedule was going to be I mean I was in St Paul's Cathedral for the thanksgiving service which was a really lovely moment and obviously I was able to see the royal family come in and sit down. And of course, straight away, you could see that Harry and Meghan were sitting on the opposite side of the congregation to William and Kate. And I think that that was a bit of a visual reminder for me of the fact that there is still this big void between the brothers. And I think the fact that we didn't see... William and Harry at all side by side across this whole weekend. There's no picture with the two of them in the same frame, apart from that really wide shot of St Paul's Cathedral. Um, It sort of speaks for itself, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't seem like that that disagreement has, has been put to an end yet. Although the fact that the Sussexes were here, I think shows that the family wanted to all be together. They clearly really wanted to be here for the Queen. But other relationships within the family is I think it's quite clear they're still still fractured there yeah that's that's what we felt definitely I think the lack of a photo of Harry and William together was definitely felt like a loss I think just watching along we really were 
optimistic that that could happen. But I think you're right that the participation, the fact that they were there hopefully means that there's some progress happening. But what was your reaction to the Lily photo release on Monday? So that was really nice to see. I mean, I think my reaction initially was, oh my goodness, I'm so tired. Like another, another exciting <laughs> I, royal scene. I have to say, I had the same reaction because yeah. it was right. It hit for us here right when I was closing my laptop from the workday. And I think it was a workday that like I just barely survived, Roberta too, because of the exhaustion of the weekend. And then my phone started lighting up with all of that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I'm so tired. Yeah. was my double reaction. I totally agree. So for me, it was right at the end of the day. And and I had gone to bed the Sunday night, like full of adrenaline from the day, like a huge day. And I was like, you know, really, you can't properly sleep. And I was exhausted on Monday. And I thought, I'm going to have a really good night's sleep tonight. And then I got all of that adrenaline back with this picture and like posting and, you know, like thinking about it. So it was, yeah, it was another, it was a just a, a more, um, more moments, I guess, um, but yeah, I mean, clearly it wasn't released over the weekend. Um, and I think that that was obviously the right decision, presumably made. Um, we never know exactly what's going on in their heads, but not to, it wasn't handed out on her birthday as that would have been, you know, distracting from what was going on with the Jubilee. And so it was done afterwards. And it's amazing to see her because we haven't, you know, we haven't seen that many pictures of her. The Sussexes are not working royals anymore and this was what they wanted they wanted to have control they didn't want to be in a position where there was an expectation that they would release these kinds of images but they've obviously done this because they really wanted to and they were happy to to release it so yeah it was really nice to see absolutely and the andrew stuff was that surprising um what i would say about the jubilee as a whole is that i think it will absolutely the people who organised it will be feeling really happy that they made a success of things because I think there was a lot of question marks going into this week about how visible the Queen would be able to be, what she would be able to do, what was going to happen with Prince Andrew because we saw with Prince Philip's Thanksgiving service just how controversial his presence is and it doesn't matter what the event is, the focus will completely shift and there was question marks over whether that would happen with the Jubilee. Um, and then similarly, the Sussexes, I think there were question marks over to what extent the family dynamic would become a dominant narrative. And I think all of those things actually worked out really well for the royal family. I think they'll be really happy because the Queen, she wasn't able to be at everything. And it has been a very big wake up call and a reminder of the new reality that we are in now with her schedule, I think, this weekend. Mm-hmm. But she was able to be there at the beginning and the end on that balcony. And that that felt very significant and crucial. Yeah. And the Andrew question was dealt with, you know, he, he got COVID. And so he wasn't at anything and he was completely out of the picture. We were told ahead of the announcement about COVID that he wouldn't be at Trooping the Colour, that he wouldn't be there at all in Hills God's mm. Parade. And that was not something that was to do with the COVID diagnosis that was told to us beforehand it was the COVID announcement came after that and were applied to the rest of the weekend but you know huge contrast when you think in 2019 the last time we had a full-scale trooping the colour he was on horseback as a royal colonel wow. yeah. and yeah. now you have him not even able to be visible at all because of the potential for such huge controversy yeah absolutely well speaking of I guess to wind down, it seems like after this huge weekend, we might not see the royals 
as much or they're just returning to their regular work schedules. Do you have any idea what's next for the Queen as far as public engagements? No, and I don't think that anyone does really because it's very much with her schedule now just we I don't think there's going to be big announcements in advance about what she's intending to be at. I expect that we're going to go back into a lot more digital. They've definitely taken advantage of the Zoom and the digital audiences and I think we'll see that happen. Clearly mobility is a is the challenge for her and so obviously the video thing is incredibly useful to be able to use um for them to have her meet people that way. But obviously over the summer she would normally go up to Balmoral and not have engagement. So I would expect that that would be something that was still on the cards. But whether or not things like she normally does a week in in Edinburgh and Holly, Hollywood Week, Palace of Hollywood House, I think there's still question marks over all of the things like that moving forward. But on the other royals, you know, they have absolutely been out and about really soon. So we've seen them get back to engagements this week. And I I do think that that was a deliberate decision to kind of emphasise the fact that they didn't see the Jubilee weekend as work. They they see the day-to-day engagements as work and they see going out into communities, meeting people. And I think really emphasise the work element of their position and not not have it be the case that because they were visible over the Jubilee they're going to have a sort of break or something. You know, the Jubilee was a party for everyone and now they're back to work effectively. Victoria, before we wrap, I just want to know, are you heading to the spa? Like, what are you doing to recover? (laughs) (laughs) You really really deserve it. (laughs) Guys, it's actually really, really sad. Um, I don't mind you knowing this. I'm actually going to have surgery on Saturday. I know. Yeah, which I've been, um, which I've been, like, it's been postponed a few times because of COVID, various different things. Um, but then I obviously didn't want to have it before the Jubilee. So I'm having my gallbladder removed, which oh is, my gosh. I know, oh. I know. So that's, so I will be having some downtime, but not really in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you can binge some wonderful television while you're yeah. recovering. Relax. There's so much good stuff. I feel like take a little, little de- detox from all of it because it's been yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's what I'm planning. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun to get to speak with you again and we'll hopefully have you back soon. And just to follow along too. It was really wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. And you are on Instagram at ByQueenVic. Is that right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I am. Perfect. Thanks, Victoria. Thank you so much, guys. love chatting with Victoria. She has so many great insights and she shares our exhaustion, everyone's exhaustion after the weekend too. We feel that so much. (laughs) All right. Before we adjourn the Royal pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal highs and lows. Mine is just the amount of kid shaming online. Like I feel like a lot of the headlines were like that Louis was misbehaving, which it's like, I don't know. I'm not a mom, but to me that feels very normal four-year-old behavior. Like, I just don't think that there's any reason to say he was acting like a brat or that he was out of control. Like, yeah, he was, he was actually so well behaved to be sitting so still for so long. I've been, last week I was around my two-year-old niece and six-month-old nephew and I, the two-year-old especially, it's like, I don't think she could have sat through that 
concert or pageant at all. Yeah, I actually accidentally have the same low as you. <laughs> I was going to say that there's, you know, the parenting oh, criticism really it's bugged not me this weekend in terms of, you know, when you read some of the mean commentary, a lot of the blame for Louis' antics is placed on Kate. It's like William was there too. But I also just think, again, like to shame there was some commentary about the lack of discipline being applied to Louis. And I'm like, no, this isn't about discipline. This is about a four-year-old being pushed to participate for the right reasons, for the sake of family togetherness. And as a parent, I have definitely been there and done that. And your kid kind of goes bonkers off the walls, but you just do it because you want to all be together. So it bothers me. And I think it's just like it's a once in a lifetime thing. We're never going to have this platinum jubilee again. And I don't think that they're trotting their kids out for consumerism. Like it's totally just like shaming. That's yes, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's it's in honor of his great grandmother, the queen. Like it just feels like it was an appropriate time for them all to be together throughout the whole weekend. And also weirdly like speculation of like, oh, if it were Megan and Lily and Archie and Archie was acting that way it would be totally different coverage, which is like, okay, to even speculate and put that, it didn't happen. So why are you even speculating? It just is, it all felt weird. So weird parents, kid stuff. Um, My high though is that the York sisters, the style renaissance they're having is really exciting. And I cannot wait to watch to see what else they wear because Beatrice's outfits were always on point. Eugenie's too were always on point. Yeah. Loved that bright orange dress. Me too. Loved the vampire wife dress. They just looked Stunning. Both of them look stunning the whole weekend. Absolutely. My- we never talked about Beatrice saying, oh, my, gra- that's my granny. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that clip you saw? Oh, it's so cute. So right. cute. Yeah. And Eugenie, as usual, gave us a lot of great behind the scenes on her Instagram. My high is the news that we can officially announce that Pippa is pregnant. I felt like you and I were like, we're not speculating on that one we either because that is not okay. I hate that stuff that happens to women. But it has been confirmed that Pippa is expecting her third baby. They already have her and her husband, James, have Arthur and Grace. Uh, I loved the me and M green dress. She was at the concert with James. I'm sure you enjoyed that. But also I'm just like mostly excited. I'm just mostly excited for all the maternity style we'll get a glimpse of because I do always like how the royals and she's royal adjacent do that. Did Was James? Oh, no. It's like, was James with Elise? Yeah, she was there. I didn't see what she wore. Oh, I think it was kind of hard. It was like a back row picture. So Chris mm. Jackson, I believe, had the shots and... Uh, he did his best. Her, but- her last big thing was that suit, and it was just chef's, yeah, kiss. chef's kiss. Okay. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating, five stars on Apple Podcasts. We actually want to do something extra fun, which is that you can tell us your favorite moment of the Jubbly weekend. We want to read all of your favorite moments in the reviews. Leave us a five star and tell us what your favorite moment of the Jubilee was. And if we got it right, what did we miss? Yes. Tell us. Also, send us an email, info at gallerypodcasts.com and follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And till next week, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.